The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they open the door for him as the knock. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. God's beloved people, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul, I think I'll just go on to the pulpit, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> just a little tech, tech, techie talk there. This past week, the sanctuary where you're sitting each morning was filled with children, more than 80 of them, singing and praying and squirming and making a joyful noise in this annual extravaganza we call Vacation Bible School. During the course of the week, I had the chance to talk to so many adults who shared memories of how they loved Vacation Bible School when they were young. This was certainly my experience. From the time summer vacation began, I counted the days until VBS. I loved the stories and the songs, the activities, the time with friends and my church family. I saw that same eagerness in these young faces last week. Children are so fun because they are so open, so willing to be surprised and delighted. Each day we heard a Bible story and we learned about a particular gift that Jesus offers us, hope and love, direction, courage, power. And each morning I loved standing out in the narthex and watching the kids come in, especially the young ones. They were so excited to hear more good news about Jesus, so ready to celebrate. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, we read in the book of Hebrews. This is what I saw in so many of the kids. Assurance, confidence. I'm here, Jesus loves me. God will take care of me, so let's sing some songs and play some games and have a snack. <laughs> I found myself wondering, when does it get so much more complicated? When does this eagerness, this pure delight in Jesus and in each other begin to wane? When does our easy trust in God's care and God's providence become less easy? Is it when life gets more complex? When our attention turns to the pressing responsibilities and burdens of adulthood? Is it the first time our hearts are broken 
when we experience loss or injustice, or when we realize that our relationship with Jesus doesn't protect us from these things? Do we lose some of that childlike assurance when we don't receive the desired outcome of our fervent prayers? Or maybe it's when our questions for God, our questions about God, seem to no longer have satisfying answers. How does this eager, simple faith evolve into something that looks and feels so different? I've been asking myself these questions all week, and I've had the privilege of pondering them in the company of Abraham, who appears in our Old Testament reading for today. I've been spending time in his story in the book of Genesis. And if you have questions about faith, he's a pretty good guy to check in with, since he is known as the father of faith. When I read his story, I'm reminded again what a dynamic, relational thing faith is, how it is formed and reformed through the various seasons of life. When God first approached Abraham out of the blue, it was with a clear command and a clear promise. Go to the land I'll give you. I'll make you a great nation. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abraham, or Abram at this time, was advanced in years, but he responded with the quick enthusiasm of a child. He was all in. He leaned into this promise with confidence. But as he got settled into this new chapter, he faced the same old problems, family drama and strife, a famine that forced them to go in search of food. Abraham wasn't immune from these struggles because of his special relationship with God. And there was no child. Month after month, they faced that disappointment. Year after year, not one child, let alone a great nation. So when God came to Abraham a second time, speaking words of promise, Abram had a few questions. God came in a vision, do not be afraid, Abraham, I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. I can almost hear Abraham. Okay, okay, wait just a second, God. Hold on. Because I've trusted and obeyed you, but I don't see the promises being fulfilled in the way I expected. Did I take you too literally? I know it's ridiculous to think that, that Sarah and I could have a child, but I thought that's what you meant. Will my heir be Eliezer, my servant? I need more information, God, because this doesn't make sense to me. Abraham doesn't question God's sovereignty or turn his back on God, but his relationship with God has a few more miles on it at this point. And he's learned some things. He's learned that faith is not the same thing as blind obedience. It's more like an ongoing conversation one that might have more questions than answers. He knew how challenging it is to wait on God's promises, to live faithfully in the in-between time, between the time that the promise is received and the promise is fulfilled. 
Abraham brought all of this to God, his questions, his concerns, maybe even his doubts. And yet he is remembered as a man of great faith, perhaps the man of great faith. Could it be that this is what faith looks like? I can't speak for all people. Perhaps for some, faith is as clear and straight a path as it seems to be in childhood. But for many, the path of faith takes unexpected twists and turns. It travels through fields of ambivalence and confusion, over the rocky terrain of disappointment and doubt. It takes us through the dark night of the soul, where we wonder if we have understood God's promises or if God still remembers them. And yet we see in this Genesis text that this is where God meets us, in these very places on the path. I love the way that God responds to Abram in this passage. It reveals so much about God's character. God doesn't shame Abram for asking questions, for his desire to have more information, more understanding. Faith seeks understanding. This isn't a character flaw. God listens to Abram. But you notice, God doesn't pull out a blueprint or a map to show him everything, to explain how the mind of God works. Instead, God points him to the night sky. Look, he says, your descendants will be as countless as the stars. Abram didn't need an explanation. He needed to know he could trust God to be reassured of God's power and presence. Looking up at the stars, Abram was reminded of the vast, mysterious mind of God, which is beyond human comprehension. And yet, in the broad scope of divine activity, God remembered the promises made to Abram and his family. God was holding and keeping those promises as one who is trustworthy and true. This is the reassurance that Abram needed. This is what I need as well. What I need to be reminded of each week. Those of us who have a few miles on our faith may not bound through the door with the same energy and enthusiasm of young children, but we do come here expecting to hear a good word, expecting to hear God's promises, promises like the one we hear in our gospel text, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure, it is God's delight to give you the kingdom. I'm sure we don't comprehend the fullness of this promise, but we know it is spoken in love by one who seeks us out, who desires to be our faithful shepherd and care for us as his sheep. We come here each week to receive gifts offered in bread and wine, the gift of Christ himself. I'm positive I don't understand this sacred mystery, but I am nourished and sustained and given grace sufficient for the next steps of the journey. Week in and week out, we are carried by this one whose delight it is to love us, and live in relationship with us, and week in and week out, with our questions and struggles, we are invited to treasure his promises and trust in his care.
Thanks be to God for this faithfulness that makes faith possible. Amen.